leading up to college in high school, I was a very normal eater, always very social. But I think I did have that perfectionistic tendency that just got heightened in college. I sort of blended in in terms of the academic side of things. Um, I was very bright at my high school and then college there are a lot more people and so sports and athleticism and um, eventually eating sort of became something that I could thrive in. I think a massive trigger was a breakup that I had with a boyfriend and then it just sort of went in different waves. It started out with me just feeling like I had control over what I put into my body and what I made came out, come out. And then I started not wanting to put anything in my body. And then I started running a lot and not doing much of anything else. So um, I was losing a lot of muscle. And um, so that perfectionistic trying to be as athletic as possible was really going the opposite way. After that cycle of, you know, deprivation and exercise, I started to then um, turn to binging as a compensatory mechanism, and then that sort of became its own coping mechanism. And I was just seeing therapists outpatient and sort of pretending a lot of the time. So that was about six years I was pretending to get help, talking the talk, but I was never walking the walk. It really came down to my relationships that I had pretty much completely alienated all of those relationships in my life except for my parents and my boyfriend but even they were getting down to not being able to handle it anymore um, not knowing what to do or how to help me and so I sort of got an ultimatum from my boyfriend um, he would never say he gave me one though <laughs> um, and I, I did realize myself that what I was doing to myself was not helping me anymore. I think it did for a while. As weird as that may look to anybody else, it did help me. But um, I got to a point where it wasn't helping me, but I didn't know how to get out of it by myself. That's when I went to Montanito. And that was just the beginning of the journey. <laughs> I felt pretty safe there, um, even though I didn't really know it at the time going through that and then going to an independent living step down um, Bellamar was a wonderful experience it really got me out of the cycles but I didn't quite realize how getting back into real life really would um, still require so much intention and even more intention than it did in residential treatment especially going back to where I was living in the exact same apartment um, before I left for residential. There were just so many triggers. There still are so many triggers, even though I've moved to a different city. I have seen throughout recovery that my relationships with other people are so much more important than my relationship with my eating disorder and make me feel so much better, even though it may not be as immediate as some of the things that my eating disorder gives me. It's over the long term. My relationships with people by far surpass that. And being able to be present with my family and my friends has really just shown me that like, I never want to be so isolated again. As much as my eating disorder still tries to convince me that that relationship, my eating disorder relationship, is better than all the other ones, that um, I know 
deep down in my core that that is not true. I guess when I got back to Burlington, there was just so much stuff that was constantly nagging at me, like, you used to do this, you used to do this. And so I had to consciously not do those things. And not that I wanted to, but it was the habit. It was a habit of binging in my apartment, and so I started doing that again, and it really freaked me out. I used some of the tools that I learned, and then I couldn't quite get past some of the other hurdles that were so habitual, and so it was just, it was a really scary time. So I think when I was in Burlington, I was thinking, this is going to be so great. I'm going to leave my eating disorder here. And I think I thought the same thing. I was going to, when I went to Montanito, I was like, I'm going out to California. I'm going to dump my eating disorder and then I'm going to come back and we're going to be good. Obviously not realistic. There's a lot of, let's do this road race. Let's run this half marathon. Let's do this marathon. Let's bike up this 14,000 foot peak. Um, and so that... I had these intentions of not falling into those traps. The first week that I came out here, I met a girl and she was like, do you want to run the boulder boulder with me? And I was like, sure, because I really wanted to make friends. <laughs> but she has become one of my best friends and it was very worth it. It's been a hard transition just in the sense that when I first got here, I had three and a half weeks before school started and I felt very alone and so my eating disorder was talking to me at that point saying hey you're alone uh you need a friend not listening to that was very difficult and it took a lot of effort but I think that I at that time really had had my mindset that this is not what was going to happen out here um I didn't want that to be the tone that was set it all comes in waves and it's so funny because I'm not expecting a lot of the things and I don't even realize that some things are triggers and I'm still finding new ones. My therapist out here was just telling me today that the billboards and all of those things that are saying lose this much weight, take this much off your waist still trigger her in a way that it's not the same sort of trigger that makes her want to go to her eating disorder. She is recovered. But it's the sort of trigger that makes her angry, like just annoyed. I think a big thing for me has been trying to help people define what they mean when they say, ugh, I ate so unhealthy this weekend, or ugh, I need to start eating healthier, or ugh, like I, I need to exercise more. And just sort of asking the question of like, what do you mean? The healthy eating thing, the culture uses that all the time. I think they use it as a blanket term that is not accurate for everyone. You know, someone who has diabetes does not have the same healthy diet as someone who is gluten-free or someone who is in recovery from an eating disorder. I've asked people a few times, like, when they say, I need to eat healthier, I'm like, what does that mean? And they're like, kind of at a loss of words. Because it is just this word that we throw into conversation. I think everyone knows what like the general thought process is when someone says it. But I then come back at them. For me, eating healthy is going to be having dessert every day. Because I love dessert. And they're like, huh. 
And it's just sort of, it's interesting to see, you know, what, what does that mean to people? Healthy eating means listening to my body. Um, and if I am craving something, I'm actually still working on what this, the craving idea is for me because there is an eating disordered part of it and there is a healthy part of it for me and so I'm still differentiating between those two but if I'm craving something I do think about it how that's going to make me feel Um, it's something that makes my body feel good and sometimes my mind too I just have to be careful with my mind healthy for me is being social when I go out and having appetizers with people having a bite of somebody else's food that's healthy for me I was out to breakfast both days this weekend and both times I got eggs and a piece of toast and both of the pieces of toast were just like not lightly at all smothered in butter. I said this to Thomas out loud. I was just like, I would have sent this back last year and he's like, I know you would have. And it's like healthy is just being flexible. I am still working on being intentional in my recovery. I really want recovered to be like very easy. Life is not easy. And recovery is not supposed to be like, oh, I feel normal again. I have tried to sort of do that a few times. And then I've realized like, wait a second, (laughs) hold on. You have to really try for this. And so when things come up like that, like, oh my God, all that butter, this all evens out. Like, you are okay. Trust your body. Your body does what it wants to with that food. And it's going to be fine. Your body is way smarter than you. And so that's sort of the internal dialogue that I have. And it's delicious. For me, spirituality comes when I, I recognize the incredible things that are happening around me. And I think that um, I've kind of put blinders on to some of that. Um, Not intentionally, but I've realized that I've sort of gotten away from that. My eating disorder was my best friend, my relationship, and whenever I felt alone, I would go to that. Spirituality has made me realize that there is something greater around me, and that's there all the time. I am in nursing school right now, and I do have a desire to work with people with eating disorders and help them. I just know that at this very moment, I can't do that without feeling like a hypocrite in a way. And that's one of my biggest motivators because I really, really do want to help other people. I would say there are about 500 million parts to an eating disorder. And not every single one of them is going to be going well at the same time. And I definitely, definitely want to get across that, like, being out of residential and being in recovery is so much better, but it's still really hard. My body has changed so much and this and that. And it's like, yeah, it has. But, like, A, you are still in a lot of the clothing that you used to wear, and B, You are so much more full of life. Like, whatever my body has changed is just life expansion. That's what I try and tell myself. Thomas has made me 
feel so much better about my body. We started dating when I was in my eating disorder, and I was like, oh no, oh no, this is going to be the end. And it's obviously so much more than just my body. We do body appreciations. It's been so helpful because gaining weight is a real part of recovery. And, you know, it's not the focus that you want to have because there are so many other things that come with that. But it's, it's a really difficult part about it. Everybody's recovery is just as different as everybody's eating disorder is. I've almost felt apprehensive to share my recovery story with some people just because I feel like I'm not doing things that they necessarily feel are congruent with recovery. Like I started running again and I've started drinking alcohol again and just like very basic things that, you know, you can say don't do that for however long. But for me, those things have to be a part of my recovery. So it it can feel isolating. It's just like, what are people going to think of my recovery? But like sharing my story right now just made me feel like this is my recovery. And that's that's all there is to it. It's not perfect, (laughs) but it's my recovery.